Girl Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Get an RV policy quote by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or going to progressive.com backslash RV. And Go Little Guy Worldwide, whose full line of lightweight camping trailers are Girl Camper favorites. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And this is Episode 52 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. Well, on today's show, I'm having a conversation with my girl camping friend, Mary Parsons from Indiana. Mary has a love for travel, whether it's with family, all of her new girl camper friends, or as a solo woman traveler. And this retired PE teacher is living the long-held dream of going places and doing things. And on today's show, she is going to share how she is managing to balance her great love for her family and community with her desire to get up and go. I think she's full of inspiration for those trying to figure out how they can live that dream too. On today's show, it's Mary's Balancing Act. Girl Camper News Roundup is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive has an idea for you to save you money. Did you know that adding your RV insurance with another Progressive policy like auto, motorcycle, or boat is a great way to save money when you're out there on the road seeing the sights? Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com backslash RV to learn more. I just put my second trailer because I don't have a motorcycle. (laughs) So I want to talk in our news roundup today about a couple of things that are going on. One is that Go RVing has a new article out by yours truly, the Girl Camper. And I had the pleasure of featuring my friend, Danielle Thompson, who became a Girl Camper. She's a podcast listener. Well, she was already a girl camper. She did not decide to become a girl camper because of the podcast, but she started listening to the podcast and got some good encouragement. And Danielle, when she decided she was going to be a camper, 
she did something that a lot of people do. You know, I always say, don't even buy a trailer right away. Just wait a little while, get to know, figure out what you can tow. Danielle started girl camping by buying a Class C motorhome. And then she upgraded to a Class A motorhome. So she is phenomenal. I am so impressed by this woman. And she has like an 11-year-old and 7-year-old. And she takes them camping with her sister, who has two even smaller children. And these two sisters go out in this big Class A motorhomes without their husband. And they go places and they do things and they're having a blast. And I wrote a story about her for Go RVing. It's on their scenic route on the Go RVing blog. And it's on Go RVing's Facebook page, and it's really kicking butt on there. It's got like 4,000 likes or something like that. So take a look at that article about Danielle. It was wonderful meeting her. She came to the Country Living Fair in Rhinebeck last year, and I left um, courtesy tickets for her at the gate. And she called me to tell me she was there. So I ran down to the gate, and the man who was working the gate said, are you talking about that little tiny woman with that giant trailer? She just drove it up the hill to this remote parking lot. And he said, I never saw a woman drive one of those things in my whole life. And he said, I wouldn't get behind the wheel of that thing for anything. And off she went. <laughs> so she was completely impressed. He was completely impressed with her, as am I. So that's a, it's a cute story, Danielle. And her family life is very interesting, the, her family of origin. So I'm not going to tell the whole story. You'll have to go on and read it. The other thing I want to tell you about is my appearance at the Chautauqua in Waxahachie this coming Thursday. So you're listening to the show on Tuesday that it comes out. Thursday, I'm going to be in Waxahachie, Texas, and I'm going to be doing a talk on what girl campers do. Now, I just finally finalized all the ideas in my mind, what I'm going to talk about. So there's two things that are going on in that talk. One is that the Go RVing movie about the girl campers is done. I have it in my possession <laughs> and I've seen it. And I have to give a big shout out to Explore Media who came and did the shoot for us. It was so much fun, even though it was so hot out when we were shooting it and we were trying to look like we were camping. We never had a campfire once because it was 99 degrees outside, but we had so much fun shooting it. And when I saw the finished product, I just have to hand it to them. It, it was just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I love the way they do these little movies. So they made three little micro movies about the girl campers. I don't know when it's going to be on their site, but I have the bootleg preview copy and it's going to be premiering at the Chautauqua event with the Texas Lifestyle Collective on, on October 6th in Waxahachie. So I'm going to be premiering that movie and then my talk is going to be about what girl campers do, the places we go, the things we do, what it means to tow like a girl, what it means to camp like a girl. And then I'm going to be talking about those lifelong friendships that you made. And it's all going to be accompanied by a wonderful slideshow featuring all those beautiful trailers and all that wonderful eye candy that we all love. So that is happening Thursday, October 6th in Waxahachie. And you can buy tickets at the door. If you wake up that morning and you're within a three-hour drive of Waxahachie and you just decide, I'm going to do that thing, just drive on down. 
I'll make sure they let you in. <laughs> I know that they're selling tickets at the door. So very doable. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, Eddie Ross from Better Homes and Gardens is going to be there. And Mary Emerling, the infamous, famous, wonderful Mary Emerling from Country Home Magazine and the 25 books that she wrote, along with other style makers and trendsetters. And it's going to be a great fun day. So that's happening. The other thing I want to tell you about is our update on Tents for Troops. I just want to thank all of the podcast listeners who got online and made that donation. Thank you so much. And I know we reach big goals by little donations. And if you have a big donation to make and you were able to make it, thank you so much. But those five, ten, fifteen, and twenty-five dollar donations all add up. So we have so far collected $2,255. So we've got um, a little over $7,500 more to collect. And, you know, I just want everybody to stop and think about this. Some people may have heard it and thought, well, I've got to do that and not made the point of it. And it's one of those things that I would absolutely have to put in my phone or my notes or do what I do and tell my daughter, Monique, remind me later, would you, to make that donation? Because <laughs> she's always telling me about people I said I was going to call back. She'll co Did you call grandma back when you hung up on her? So remind yourself in whatever way you can to just sit down and make whatever donation you can because a little bit adds up and will eventually get there. And we are going to be able to purchase that RV for our active duty military families to just enjoy some downtime in a campground, not have to worry about towing anything there, be comfortable and safe, and they'll be treated to free camping at the campground as well. So we really want to put together that trailer and provide that for them. So anything you could do, if you can't make a donation at all, God bless you. Don't worry about it, but go online and share it on Facebook because somebody in your group may be blessed and be able to do it. So we appreciate so much all the effort everybody went to, and we're just excited to see that number growing. So thank you all so much. The other thing I want to tell you about is my friend Rhonda Coleman. I featured Rhonda Coleman in one of my articles for Go RVing last year. She is the editor of Outside Interests magazine and is a travel writer in Toes and Airstream. And she's stunningly beautiful. And even at Burning Man, she managed to look good. So <laughs> Rhonda um, has the neatest little Bambi Airstream. And she travels all around the country. She has a husband like me and sometimes he comes, but mostly he doesn't. And she just goes places and she writes. And so she turned the tables on me and she asked me if she could write an article about me for outside interest. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I was extremely flattered. Rhonda, when I read the article, I said, wow, I, I would like to know me. <laughs> I never think the things I do add up until I read them all put together. And I went, I did do that. Oh, my goodness. And so not only do I want to thank Rhonda, but I want to thank all my girl camper friends who give me so much encouragement because I was reading the article about me and thinking, 
wow, you know what? I was reluctant to do that. And Mary and Carol got in there and said, you should do that. <laughs> and they, and you know, we're all just a big circle of people uh, helping each other through life. So Rhonda, thank you so much for that very flattering article. Um, I got a big charge out of it and it is on my Camp Like a Girl page and it's on the Outside Interest page and I will put a link to it in the show notes. And it was very sweet of you, Rhonda. I, my mom got a charge out of it, which made me happy too. So thank you, Rhonda, for writing that article. And you can go online and read that if you want. Now, I'm going to be back in a minute with our campfire chat. And I'm going to be talking about the alternative camping we did over the weekend. Don't read anything into that. We weren't camping at a campground. We got an alternative campsite. And I'm going to tell you all about it when I come back in a few minutes. chat is brought to you by go little guy a proud sponsor of the girl camper podcast little guy trailers are in the business of getting you into the great outdoors they make camping easier and most of all more fun their trailers are all lightweight and easy to tow behind most vehicles plus they offer the safety and security we girl campers want you can see all the tap trailers that you want at the next Camper College, which is being held on Friday, October 21st at Norcross, Georgia at Southland RV. And there's a little bonus in this Camper College because Chris Baum, the chief branding officer for Little Guy Worldwide, is going to come and co-host this with Brett from Southland RV. So if you have ever seen Chris on his famously watched YouTube videos, now you'll get to see that in person. I do want to remind everybody that you do not have to be a girl camper to come to Camper College. You can be a couple, you can be a single, you could be a man, you could be a woman, you could be an experienced camper, or you could be someone brand new just looking to see what's involved in all of this. So Camper College, it's open to anyone 5 to 8-ish p.m., Friday, October 21st at Southland RV. And our special guest, Chris Baum, is going to be there. So please feel free to join us at that. I want to chat today about our Farm Stay Weekend. This is what I'm talking about when I was referring to alternative camping. The alternative to a campground. The New Jersey Girl Campers were the guests this past weekend on a beautiful equestrian farm in Burlington County, New Jersey. Our hosts were my friends Rich and Susan, and they invited all my girl camping buddies to boondock on their nearly 30-acre farm. I don't think I would have even considered boondocking in the summer because that is not appealing to me at all. But fall camping is my absolute favorite and I don't care if I have electricity and I don't care if I'm working out of a cooler with ice. As it turns out, I did get a spot near their um, horse fence that had a plug on it. So everybody was able to put their food in my refrigerator. So it wasn't exactly boondocking for me, but we didn't need any kind of those camping elements on this trip. So what happened is we got there 
on Friday afternoon, and it was a little iffy. The weather report was looking like it was going to be a total washout. And then I just made up my mind. One too many times I have canceled a trip when it looks on the weather apps or the weather channel like it's going to be a deluge of rain all weekend long. I don't mind a little rain on a camping weekend, but when it looks like it's going to be three days of rain, that doesn't seem fun to me at all. I have done that many, many times, only to have the people who braved it and went come home and say, oh yeah, it rained for about a half an hour Saturday afternoon, but oh man, we had a great campfire Saturday night. I just decided I was going to take this attitude that I was going on this trip no matter what. I was going to take my chances. And as it turns out, we only got forced inside by the rain one time. On Friday night when we were making our dinner, a kind of pretty nasty, steady drizzle happened and it was picking up. But the fun thing was we piled all seven of us into the St. George now, because I have that full kitchen going across the window of my St. George, and I, I took the stove out, but the stove in that camper is flat anyway. It's covered with a glass panel. So even if you didn't have your stove out, you could have laid all kinds of dishes. And we just used that like a buffet. Everybody grabbed their plates from the rain, and we all piled into the camper, and we had seven of us in there. All our food was on the countertop there, and we squeezed four people into the booth. And then Susan, who owns the farm, she came running in through the rain with three buckets from the barn and three towels. <laughs> and so we just turned those buckets upside down, had four people in the booth, and three people sitting on buckets, and it was plenty of room. The space that is provided with that slide out just gives you so much room. So this is interesting because when you're weighing the pros and cons of trailers, one of the things that I thought is on occasion we're on a camping trip and the weather is just lousy and we pile into people's campers and they're, you know, we all drive these little tiny campers. So I thought it would be nice to have one that had some space that everybody could fit in. So one of the things in the plus column for the 176S is that slide out and all the floor space that it gives you. So when you're in the Riverside Retro 177, you get a slightly larger bathroom and you get the walk around queen bed, but you give up all counter space. There's no kitchen counter space in the 177 and you give up floor space. So there's no way that seven people could have piled into the 177. So this is a sidebar, but I'm just talking about the kind of trade-offs and the kind of thinking you have to do about what's more important to you. So to me, I just wanted that space and it paid off on Friday night. Anyway, the rain didn't last long and our host, Rich, built us a fantastic campfire and we stayed up until that last ember had completely faded. We just didn't want to go to bed. It was lovely out. There was no stars to look at or anything, but is is drizzly and misty as it was, it wasn't cold out. So we did enjoy sitting around that fire. Now in the morning, our Pennsylvania girl camper friend, Q, she got up and made us a fantastic camp breakfast. And I think this is kind of funny. When you camp with the same people all the time, you kind of fall into roles. So Q's role has always been breakfast. She's a breakfast girl. 
when she has to bring something for dinner, she's the one bringing a side dish or the rolls. She is not a dinner person, but she always gets up on trips, and she didn't disappoint this time. We had hash browns and bacon and eggs and this delicious big camp breakfast, and it was so much fun. I enjoy every meal that I don't have to make myself. So after that was over, we just kind of hung out, coffeeing up, and Rich, our camp host, came and he took us on a beautiful hike all around their farm. So this farm was nearly 30 acres, but it's very interesting terrain because it's wooded and there's open fields and there's an old orchard up in front that the previous owners just let go. The trees were never cut back, so it's all grown. And then they have a deep ravine in the back and a big creek down there. So there's many different levels to the property and interesting things. And there was even an old Christmas tree farm that got cut down. So we went on a great long hike on that. And Rich was just sharing with us kind of what is involved in maintaining and keeping a farm. And this looks like a postcard. So it's a little more over the top than most farms. It's absolutely really beautifully maintained. But when you're at farms, you think, oh, isn't this lovely? But I don't think a lot of people realize what goes into keeping that farm. So he has cut out all of these trails through the woods over the 13 years that they have lived there. And Susan can now take her equestrian students on trail rides. And they can ride almost a mile through all these different trails without even leaving the property. So that was really beautiful. And Rich is an Eagle Scout. So it's kind of like hiking with a naturalist, telling us about what kind of owls are on the property and what they hear in the morning. There was a bear there a couple years ago. I often see red fox there when I go over to see Susan or my husband and I go over for dinner and we will see when we're coming out of the driveway, the red fox. There's deer there all the time, but it's just such a beautiful property. We had a great walk, and on our way back down the driveway, we picked up all the sticks because anytime there's any kind of wind there at all, it's a just big ordeal to have to get all these sticks off so the mowers can go by. So that was kind of fun. And then when we were almost back to the farm, we came upon a tree that was completely covered with grapevine wreaths. And somebody asked Rich, and he said it was grapevine and honeysuckle together. Don't crack open a honeysuckle. The, the sap inside of it is almost like poison ivy, he said. We didn't know that. He pulled all the grapevine off because he had gloves on, and we all stood there getting a lesson from Rich on making grapevine wreaths because he clears that tree every couple of months and makes all those grapevine wreaths and sends them to his daughter in Pittsburgh, who is a florist. So we all got a lesson from an expert. We all stood there making grapevine leaves. Q had collected a bunch of feathers, and she put all the feathers in her wreath and made it so beautiful. So that was great. And when we got back from our walk, it's really the favorite thing for me about these laid back camping trips. And that is we did something all together in the morning, but then everybody kind of did their own thing. Some people went back out to the park or, or the farm to look for hidden treasures. Some people read. I actually went home to visit my daughter who was visiting for like three hours on her way through and back up to New York City and I hadn't seen her in a month so I, I dashed home for two hours to give my Georgia a hug and when I came back everybody was getting dinner ready and Susan had some students come over and 
all the non-equestrian um, girl campers really had a good time watching these young kids jump over all those jumps. And it, it was just fun. Took me back to my days when my daughter was a jumper there. And I used to cringe watching her go over the barrels. But she never hurt herself. And she's still here today. <laughs> but anyway, after after we finished that, Susan had a friend come over who has a Belgium draft horse that she bought in Amish country and a pony cart. So we hooked it up and um, she took everybody on a pony ride down this beautiful driveway and in, in the neighborhood uh, around Chesterfield. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. And we came home and we did that steak dinner thing that this girl campers in New Jersey do once or twice a year where we get a good coal fire going and everybody brings their own piece of protein. In this case, it was seven steaks. So some people like a porterhouse, some people like a T-bone, some people will get a strip steak, but everybody brings whatever kind of steak they want. We get a good grill going and then we do that sinfully delicious thing where after the steaks come off the grill you put them in a butter bath so i saw this on the cooking channel on uh, tyler florence he has a great restaurant in the San Francisco area, and he cooks these fantastic aged steaks on an infrared grill. And when he gets them off, he soaks them in a butter bath that is full of herbs, garlic, thyme, rosemary, and just lets all that infused butter soak into the steak. It's ridiculously good. So we did that on Saturday night, and then we pour all the extra butter on our baked potatoes. So. Nobody was up jogging on Sunday morning, but I know we'll all be making up for that somewhere. So we had a great dinner. We had all our party lights hung out, and the weather was holding off. It was misty, but not cold. And Rich, once again, made us a fantastic Eagle Scout fire, which looked like a bonfire. And we were so glad because we didn't have to do anything to tend it. So we had a lovely, lovely time on the farm, and I just thank our guests. I want to tell two other things that happened on our trip. One is that one of our Camp Like a Girl meetup members who had been texting me, I saw that she joined and I saw that she lived near me. So I started communicating with her about how she might get involved with the New Jersey events happening. And she was able to come over to the farm. So Charlotte, welcome to the girl camping group. We knew Charlotte was going to be a shoe in the minute she showed up with that pumpkin cheesecake and mulled wine. <laughs> so that was delicious, Charlotte. You're a team player. Thank you so much. Charlotte has been really doing her research on campers. She sat down around that campfire and she really had it all going on. She was talking tow weights. She was talking vehicles. She is listening. <laughs> she is paying attention. So she's getting ready for the RV show season that is coming up. She has a little checklist. She knows she's going to have to buy a new tow vehicle and she's got certain campers that she's looking for and hopefully by spring she is going to have come to a decision and she'll be camping with us in her own camper come spring. The other fun thing that happened is I got a, an email from a podcast listener named Gary who asked me a couple questions about the 176S. His main interest is in the 177, but he had some questions about that that he thought I might know the answer to. And when he signed his name, he put his township under there in New Jersey, and he lives right around the corner from me. 
So I wrote back to him and I said, Gary, you're in luck because the 176S and the 177 are both going to be parked at this beautiful farm in Burlington County if you and your girlfriend would like to come down on Saturday. And they did and they had so much fun and they got to see us all glamped out and they saw Mary's 177 and they saw my 176. And when you talk about these trade-offs, their trade-off is they really want that walk-around bed in the bigger bathroom. That's what's going to work for them. Although they liked the room that the slide-out gave in the 176, they don't think they would be comfortable in that bed. And I got to tell you, my husband feels like a little bit of a trapped rat in there. So it works for me as a, when I'm solo traveling, but they know what they need as a couple. So we had a great time visiting with Gary and Adriana, and we had to tell Gary that it was too bad he brought her over because we had to steal her for girl camping. So once they get this camper, we had to inform Gary that at least once or twice a year, we're going to have to take Adriana with us. And like all Mr. Sisters, he wanted to know when he could come. They all want to come on the girl camper trip. So sorry, Gary, but it was wonderful meeting you. And I can't wait to see what you decide on. So eventually on Saturday night, we got to that lovely campfire and it, that did not start getting rained out until about one o'clock in the morning again. Mary and I were the last ones around the campfire and a steady rain started coming down a little after midnight, 1230, I guess. And we finally had to call it a night, although it was a lovely, lovely weekend. So this whole farm stay weekend got me thinking about what if you don't have dear friends who happen to own a beautiful equestrian farm and are willing to invite you and your friends over to camp on their property? Well, you, you have some choices. So there is an organization, it's a website, and it's called harvesthosts.com. And what they do is you can camp on these agribusiness farms along the way. So I'm going to quote from their website. It's a unique overnight stay at wineries, farms, and attractions. It's a network of wineries, farms, and agritourism sites that invite self-contained RVers to visit and stay overnight for free. So they're not actually charging you a fee, but there are some expectations. The whole point is to help support local businesses. So they ask the guests, the members of Harvest Host, using these sites to please buy something at the agribusiness. So there's a $44 annual fee to become a member of Harvest Host. Now, I looked at this last year, and it really interested me. They have some simple rules, which in the old days would have just been considered manners, but now apparently need to be written down. Simple things like when you arrive, please find and greet your host. Don't make her come looking for you like somebody parked here. Who could that be? And have her running around looking for you. They would like you to arrive during business hours. They don't want anyone pulling in at midnight. So if you're on the road and you're not going to make it, you can't stay there that night. They would ask that you call 24 hours ahead to arrange for a visit. They don't want anybody arriving unannounced saying, hey, we happen to be coming by. We're members. Could you fit us in tonight? That, that is not allowed. 
So they also would ask that you let the hostess know what size rig you have because it's self-contained RVs only. There's no tents. There's no pop-ups. There's no hybrids. It could be a Class C, a Class A, a touring vehicle like a road trek, or a travel trailer, but none of these other things. You're not allowed to pitch a tent or have a pop-up or anything with canvas on it. So they ask that you make a purchase when you're there. They ask that you only park in the designated areas. And this is not a campground. So it's an overnight stay. This looks like a good thing to do when you're on your way to something. And it certainly would beat a Walmart parking lot any day of the week. So you're not going to camp there. It's just an overnight stay. They also ask that you do not use jacks or jack pads on the asphalt because in very hot weather that could leave dents if you had a very heavy trailer. And they want you to remember that these are working farms and there are people there who are employed there. They can't be stopped to talk. They're being paid to do something. And they just want you to kind of observe but stay out of the way and not interfere what is with what is going on in the farm. Now, here's another interesting thing. They do allow pets in the parking area that they provide for the trailers, but they must be on leashes. And if you take that pet um, off that parking area, that's frowned upon. Many, many farms have farm dogs, and that could create a problem. So you cannot use a generator there, too. Some will allow it, but you have to ask permission first. So I had looked into this last year, and I thought, this looks like so much fun, but I knew my travel schedule wouldn't permit me to do it last year. So I put it aside, but I now that I've had this lovely weekend at my friend Susan and Rich's farm, I'm going to resurrect this idea again. The annual dues to be a member is only $44. So of course it would pay for itself if you only stayed one night somewhere. So what I did is I went on their map. There's 530 registered agribusinesses that are participating in this. When you look at the map, they are really spread out across the whole United States. And this is really growing. Agri-camping is huge in the United Kingdom and in Australia. So it's really something that's just getting off the ground here. And I hope to see it really, really grow. So I looked at my areas. So I tend to drive 76 um on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. 76 is the Pennsylvania Turnpike. It seems I'm always on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I'm always on 81 South. I am frequently on 80 going across Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana. So I looked at those areas that I frequently travel, and there were so many farms by those areas. Now, I'm not a big winery person, so if I stayed at a winery, I was thinking to myself, I can't even drink wine. It gives me heartburn and a headache, so I can't drink wine. But I thought, it doesn't matter if you drink wine. You buy it anyway, and you get your Christmas shopping done. You give it to someone who does drink wine. So the whole idea is to support local businesses. You are giving the opportunity to these farmers to show what their work is and what they do. It's certainly better than a Walmart parking lot, and it all goes hand in fist with my whole idea that you get off the highway and see what is happening in small town America and meet the people and eat at the local diners and shop at their local farms. So I think this is a win-win for 
anybody. And if anyone has done this and would like to write into the show and share what their experience is, I would love to hear about it because I looked at the pictures and they were absolutely beautiful. I saw some beautiful farms and it looks as if the people went to quite a bit of trouble to make sure that their guests were comfortable. So if you have any experience with this, please let me know. Now, before we head off, I want to tell you one thing. I have a travel tip, which is funny today what the travel tip is from Progressive because it says, before you head out on the open road, it's important to plan your route and pick reliable destinations to stay and visit, perhaps a farm. It's also nice to have alternative options just in case something goes wrong. This is just another way Progressive has you covered while you are on the road. And here. welcome listeners. I am here with a girl camper favorite of mine, Mary Parsons from Indiana. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much, Janine. It's my pleasure, my honor. Really, no, I mean that. Oh, you know I mean I, that. You're as sweet as candy, Mary. And I'm telling you, I follow you. I follow your adventures. And I'm so glad you're on here today because I have wanted you to share all these things you do. You were one traveling bunny all summer long. Every time I looked, you were in the Great Smokies, Yellowstone, and and I'm looking at you, and I, I, I'm just amazed by what you're doing. And I wanted you to come on and share your girl camper story, because every girl camper has a story. Happy to do it. <laughs> so so I always have to start at the beginning. Mary, you're from Indiana. Tell us yes. about your family. I have three sons who are mm -hmm. grown in their 30s, mm -hmm. two adorable grandchildren, and a wonderful husband, and a county full of family and friends at home, and yeah, love them all, and it's just, uh, and but this is just enhanced. And you're re are you think. retired, Mary? I am retired about five years. I taught high school PE for 32 years. It oh, was my a gosh. wonderful gig. I had plans to be Indiana's oldest PE teacher, but I didn't <laughs> make it. <laughs> you must have, you're so full of youth and energy. You must have been a great PE teacher. I hope so. Oh, I <laughs> bet there's all kinds of students who would... Who would say you were? It was a wonderful gig. Good. I had girls most of the time. Yeah. Through all those years, it was mostly girls. I had a dance team and just had a lot of fun. Oh, good. And it was a wonderful gig. And you're in this happy place of retirement now. Mm -hmm. And so let me go back to the beginning and ask your own family of origin, your mother and mm -hmm. father and any siblings you had. Were you a camping family? We were not. <laughs> we were not. My dad... Always kept his day job at Bell Telephone, but he always had a side hustle, which was a drive-in restaurant in the 60s. And we were always busy during the summertime, you know, all mm -hmm. three of us kids. We had full-time jobs. Jobs. And uh, we were not a camping 
Yeah. My dad was more business. He was a type A business person. Okay. And, uh, you know, my mother ran the restaurant and, uh, and he was doing that thing that 60s dad did, keep mm -hmm. that roof going, put the money aside for a rainy day. Exactly. And it put us through college. your bets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kept me off the streets, as I like to say. And That was my parents' system. <laughs> uh -huh. It was a wonderful generation for us to have had for parents. We yeah. were so lucky to I have know. that generation. I think some of our generation now could take a page out of that book. You know, Didn't keep your kids so busy they don't have any time to get exactly. in trouble. But So... Mary, now I know you, I met you when you came to Go Girl Go in West Virginia. And my impression of you then was that you were trying to figure out this girl camping thing. Where were you with the whole, you were a camper though. So tell me how you got into camping to begin with. I would have to be what you would call the reluctant camper, the unlikely camper, the wannabe camper, the pseudo camper, always willing and trying to do a little bit of it. For example, my sister and I would go to the Smokies, put the seats down in the car, make it till about 2 a.m., and then we'd <laughs> say, okay, we tried it. We'd go to a hotel or go home. That's how, and then my cousin, Cousin D, and my I've got to say Aunt Maxine and Uncle Herschel because Aww. it's just you know, that. And my sister, we were the travel tribe. And we went many miles in the van. And they were in their 80s. So you bought like a conversion van? This, or uh, what kind of van about, did you have? It was, um, you know, it's 10 years old. We still mm -hmm. have it. And mm -hmm. we just loaded up and went to Yellowstone. Not like a minivan. Are you no. talking about a van uh -huh. van? A conversion van. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was designed to sleep people? Not really. There was... Uh, two bucket seats in the middle and then the bench seat in the back that would oh. lay down into okay. a bed, but you know, not a comfortable bed. Okay. When at Maxine and Suzette, were, my sister, were, we were trying the camping thing yeah. in the Smokies that one year. Suzette said she woke up feeling like a question mark because it was so <laughs> uncomfortable. But, yeah. you know, we, we made it through. But we, we really did try to camp. We just never really wanted to jump in. We'd say, okay, let's, why don't we just take a tent, pitch it, and give it to somebody else the next morning, and we don't even have to store the thing. So we, we were fighting being campers. You, That's you really, funny. But it sounds like you had a travel bug. Oh, yeah, we always, Aunt Maxine and Uncle Herschel were always ready. So now how how do Aunt Maxine and Uncle Herschel, is that your dad's? My dad's sister. Your dad's sister uh -huh. is Aunt Maxine uh -huh. and your uh, Uncle Herschel. Uncle Herschel passed three years ago, but he was always game for doing everything. So we went to Las Vegas. Was this when your kids were grown then? Uh, this was in the last 10 years. Yeah, they, okay. were, they were grown. They were in their 20s okay. then. Mm -hmm. So you had this aunt and uncle then. If, if Aunt Maxine is 89 now? Mm hmm so 10 years ago, she was 79 mm -hmm. and still willing to get in a van and drive to Yellowstone? Exactly. <laughs> God bless her. My Aunt Sue. Yeah. <laughs> and so you girls went with her, your cousin Dee and yeah. you? Uh -huh. The five of us. Yeah. We were just always game to load Jump up in the and car go. and go on a road uh -huh. trip. But yep. you stayed in hotels. We stayed in hotels. Now, you told me earlier, you said to your husband, don't ever buy me an RV. Mm -mm. Don't you ever surprise me with a camper. <laughs> don't you ever. For about 35 years, I said that. And then his sister bought a small 18-footer, and we all gathered at theirs one night, 
And that's when it hit. And I knew I had to jump in with both feet, and we had to do it. And he was You were converted. I was. I loved it. So your husband's sister bought a camper. Mm -hmm. She got the rest of you into it. Mm -hmm. And then your travel tribe expanded. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There's sort of a a two-way street. Now, we've got Mm -hmm. on his side that have the campers. We do a lot of family camping with them. Okay. And we still try and do a road trip with our fierce foursome. (laughs) So so your side of the family is the jump in the car and Mm -hmm. do a road trip and stay in a hotel. Right. But your husband's family crossed over and became campers. Exactly. So what kind of trailer did you buy when you finally... How long ago was that that you jumped in? About five years ago. Okay. And... We went to a large auction company in Columbus, Ohio. That, Which one was that? Um, Richie Brothers. And, I've heard of that, yes. Okay, yeah, huge. They're uh, all over. There is a podcast listener who sends me Airstreams that are auctioned at Richie Brothers Ooh, all the time. Okay. She lets me know if there's one. Yeah. But I can never get my husband to go. He <laughs> <laughs> actually went and bought a small one, about 24 foot. And um, I think we paid... Maybe seven for it, somewhere like that. Was it new or used? It was brand new. It was uh, had been something that happened during the downturn of '08. Okay. So um, we had we ended up taking that home with us and just oh my thrilled goodness. to pieces. A brand to have new it. trailer for seven thousand. The plastic was still on the carpet. And oh my gosh! It was. Oh, it was it was great, and I, we ended up selling it. But I I sort of miss it because sort of like your truck, you know. That uh-huh. was my my first. That one. was your baby. Yeah, yeah. It was cute. And, and how many years did you use that? Um, four. Okay. Okay. We just sold it this past spring, and it had been well cared for, stored inside. Okay. And okay. I'm a little bit finicky when it yeah. comes to taking care of my trailer. Okay. My in-laws <laughs> will tell you. Because I just saw your new trailer here, and it's immaculate. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be okay. <laughs> okay, so you use that. Does your husband camp with you? Yeah. Okay, so he jumped on board, and you're doing family camping. Mm-hmm. When did you hear about girl campers? I think it was in December of 2015. It. I saw Sisters on the Fly first through some type of search that I was looking for with RV information or trailers, camping, etc. Yeah. And I'm a big podcast fan, have been for years and years, before it was cool, before it yeah. was trending. <laughs> <laughs> really. It became cool when RVFTA and Girl Camper came Exactly. And then I think your podcast must have shown up when I was searching on iTunes. Okay. And, and you were probably attracted to that great logo that Matt Brass did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I have Matt to credit for a lot of listeners who, who just click on to see that cool logo. Yeah, adorable. Yeah. It was just perfect. And I saw that and I thought, I think that's me. Remember when you said on your podcast, your husband said, you have found your people? Yes. Yeah, that's how I sort of felt because... My sister and my cousin are very busy with grandchildren, and I'm okay. not quite that busy, so I have a little bit more time and freedom. My husband likes his garden and golf, and he's still full-time employed. He has okay. plenty to do, and um, just with business. So I had the time, and so when I signed up for that very first Go Girl Go at yeah. Blackwater, that yeah. was a stretch for this gal. Let yeah. me tell you, I mean, yeah. my cousin, my sister, they were saying, this is not you. Yeah. You stay within your own little safe circle. 
Yeah. You don't venture out. You don't put yeah. your toe over that line. And that's a danger that we it that is. we run into. It is. And Mark Twain said, you know, travel is the killer of prejudice. Mm. You know. I agree. It, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Absolutely. And, and you and I were talking about that earlier. Before I began girl camping, my circle of friends, when you're raising children, it's civic. It's in your community, your church, your school. And th these tend to be people who think like you, vote like you, behave like you. Mm -hmm. And getting out in the world and meeting different people, different parts of the country, different life circumstances, and different ending results of their mm -hmm. political and personal and everything mm -hmm. views. And it's not that, you know, we, when we're girl camping, we're not sitting around the uh, campfire here debating, you mm. know, the elections or anything. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to talk about no. it. And we don't. We stay away from hot button um, topics because we're here to enjoy. But you know, after you know people a while, you'll get to know what their views are on something. And, and we were saying earlier today that it matters so little to me in this environment what your views are That's because... True. I think we have gotten to know people on such a different level, and it's no longer important to me I <laughs> that, that you think like me or vote like me or eat like me or mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you, you know, and I think that's one of the things that when we get out of our little tribe, mm -hmm. you know, every vacation I took was with my siblings for 20 years because we were all over the country. And we wanted our children to know each other. So we would pick a spot and all converge on it every single year. And we never did anything outside of our own family, our own little tribe. And it's so fun for me to step out of that and, and do things like that. And it is. You, you appreciate people so much more because you're looking at it through a different eye. You're hearing it through a different ear. And I guess one, one of the things that came to mind when you said that as far as drawing assumptions, is I was in the Smokies, and I've been there many times. You're this a Smokies girl. My husband's, they were taking bets on how many times I'd been there this summer. And I was uh, signed up for a night hike with the ranger. Mm -hmm. And so I get, I'm camping in the campground where the trailhead is, so it's real mm -hmm. easy just to get there after dark, just walk to your trailer, and it's a mm -hmm. lot nicer. And National Park campground people are pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty nice folks. But I was sitting on the curb waiting for the ranger to get there. And this uh, foursome group comes by. And this is where the assumptions come in. And I'm sitting there. I hope I can say this. Yeah, your antennae went up a little. <laughs> it did. I, and the first word that came to mind was, hmm, it's a little bit like deliverance. Here, yeah, yeah you got it. Well, no, we have to be well, aware. When you're alone, and I was on yes. that trip because I had a mission, and come to find out, they were all students at Vassar. Oh, they, <laughs> and they were, is, there you go. Isn't that perfect? Though? They're trying to get rid of their white privilege look. Yes, and they were working on their not so junior ranger badges and okay. just having a complete hoot. They yeah. were wonderful. Yeah. But that was one of my... But you're wise to be alert, but, but yeah. we have to laugh at ourselves. We when... do. It was so funny. And they those so are the cute. kind of prejudices we want to rid ourselves of. Exactly. Yeah. And in a park, state or national park, I'm, you know, I'm pretty comfortable and I... But yeah. it was. It was a, a wonderful yeah. eye-opener again. 
Yes. There it is. I know. That's what travel does for us, right? So let's talk about your love affair with the Smoky Mountains. Oh, gosh. Because every time I saw mm -hmm. you online this summer, you were in the Smokies. What were you doing? Well, if I ever get it finished, I would love to get this little ebook up there on park ranger programs because I think they're underutilized. I don't think people know about them that much. Yeah. Ten million people go to that park every year, and they might go to this visitor's center, the Sugarlands Visitor mm -hmm. Center, or they may there. go to the Outlet Mall, and they yeah. think they've been to the Smokies, to the mountains. But yeah. So I was down there to do two and a half days of basic ranger programs, because you don't know until you yeah. do them what they're like. For example, the night hike that I was on that I was just telling you about, um, he wanted us to really utilize our night vision, so we weren't using our flashlights Flash on the way up. And about halfway up the trail, I said, uh, Ranger Dan, is it possible I could have stepped in some horse manure over here because I didn't yeah. have a flashlight? Yes, very likely, he said. Oh. And But those are things you don't realize unless you do it, yeah. unless you go on it to where... You Tell us what, what 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 do you do in a night hike? They were um, it depends on the ranger. The one in Cades Cove, the uh, I believe the guy retired that used to do that one, but um, he would do a lot of things uh, involving amplifiers and bats and okay. a lot of little ones, little kids. You know, he would try and incorporate them into mm -hmm. it. And uh, the new one, the new one, the new ranger that is doing it now in Cades Cove, unfortunately it started raining and storming that night, so we just did it there in the little kiosk there at the, okay. uh, at the beginning of the Cades, Cades Cove loop road. And even just sitting there underneath this structure with the rain mm -hmm. all around us, he still did a wonderful program. Yeah. Never stepped out of it, but it was still wonderful. So I'm sure it's going to be great, too. So your interest is in helping people discover what kind of programs the rangers mm -hmm. have going on, and mm -hmm. you're writing an e-book about this. Tell me what other ranger programs you did there. Wow. Because um, I've never done them. Mm. I've been in the very um, visitor mm -hmm. center you're talking mm -hmm. about a half a dozen times, mm -hmm. and I get the brochures, I get the map, I go mm -hmm. in the hikes. I never do anything sponsored by the park system. So mm -hmm. what is it that you're doing? Um, there are so many, and many are aimed at kids, mm -hmm. which at my age, which is 63, mm -hmm. I have grandkids, and I, I just want to put more suggestions out there for people that may want to take their nieces, nephews, children, mm -hmm. grandkids, or just, you know, their travel tribe. My sister and I have done many of them, just as adults, and they're so good. And, you know, as you're saying this, Mary, I'm thinking to myself, there's national parks within driving distance of many, many people. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be on vacation to do mm -hmm. this. You could take a day trip mm -hmm. on a Saturday to the nearest national park and mm -hmm. take advantage of those programs. Exactly. You just have to do a little bit of research beforehand. So are the Smokies, is that your favorite national park? Because you're is. in a large group. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I think it's because of my dad being born in southeastern Kentucky, you know, uh -huh. in the hill country, what we like we like to call real Kentucky, uh -huh. as opposed to Louisville or something yeah. like that. And um, we would go down there as kids with them. 
And um, because you live in southern Indiana. Yeah, we're about mm-hmm. six hours, six or seven. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after the business would close in the fall, you know, they would take us on little vacations yeah. like that, Washington, D.C., etc. But I think it's because of the, the mountains, his side being born, raised in the mountains. Mm-hmm. I really think I am just, and my relatives say the same thing. We were drawn to the mountains. You're mountain can't people. Help it. Mm-hmm. Mountain folk. Yeah, mountain folk. We are the real yeah. thing. And so many people in southern Indiana have Kentucky roots. Well, you also got yourself to Yellowstone this year. I got to Yosemite. Oh, Yosemite. Yosemite. That was on my bucket list. We had done Yellowstone a few years ago with that Maxine Uncle Herschel. So and, um, oh, tell that story. <laughs> Tell that story. That's so funny. So you've got your—they're going to kill 80, me, but it's a great year old story. And they were probably yeah, they were probably in their mid eighties by that point. And you were on a road trip in the mm-hmm. car. So and what happened? And uh, there were five of us, the usual five, and we had done Yellowstone, Tetons, uh, Jackson Hole. We were going up through Mount Rushmore. Um, did you have reservations? or? Uh, yes, for most of it we did. Okay. We had it planned out. I like to, yeah. especially in the major parks in the summertime, you're going yeah, you to, for that many people. You have yeah, to plan. We, we were good. But the Deadwood, South Dakota, that we all sort of wanted to see because we just wanted to see it, and we could only find one room, and it was so hot that day. Yeah. And so... Um, People think we're crazy when we say this, but sometimes you just have to make it work. If you have to sleep, yeah. four people in a king-size bed, and one of them is Uncle Herschel, that's just the way it is. Diane, <laughs> Diane drew the long straw. She got the floor. <laughs> I drew the next to the long straw because I was on the side of the bed. I want to know who is next to Uncle Herschel. <laughs> Hopefully, Aunt Aunt Maxine, Suzette, and me. A four across in a king-size bed. And one is Uncle Hershey. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. That must be a family story, story, though, that just keeps coming up. It is. It's classic. It's wonderful. (laughs) Now, that's people who love to travel. Uh Uh-huh. And love each other. And love each other. Aww. So now, we fast forward. You, you went to Yosemite this summer. Yes. Who, who went with you? Originally, the boys, my three sons, one lives in Portland, and the other two who live close to us, we can see their houses yeah. that close. Oh, that's so great. Um, they were going to do an Olympic triathlon together. Oh, and boy. And so we... The sons of the PE teacher? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very proud of them. And so they had been doing quite a bit of workout themselves all for the last year. So they were in the best shape of their lives. So they thought this triathlon would be good timing, which it would have been, except that it got canceled. So we had all the travel plans and the tickets. So we just went ahead, and uh, my husband and I flew out to Sacramento a few days before they got there and uh, did Yosemite which lives up to its expectations, a lot of white-knuckle driving to get there. To me, that's what makes the people you see in national parks what they are, because for the most part, you've got to work to get to those places. You've got to, if you want to camp in those places, you've got to do more work. In the Smokies, it's almost like here somewhat. There's no electricity, no water, no showers. Yeah. And those are the people that are willing to say it's worth it 
Right. To be in that space. To be in that natural beauty. Yes. To be in that space. To be. My husband's dying over this park this weekend. He's like, where's the softy ice cream machine and sprinkles? (laughs) That is so funny. I love that story. He just, if there is not a two story, um, (laughs) gift shop in the, in the ho, in the campground gift store, he just can't even believe it. Like, he's dying over it. But he doesn't get, he doesn't, he's not a journeyer. He's like, the destination has to be a a KOA or he can't go. (laughs) And as I told you, when we were at the KOA in Huntington, West Virginia, that's the first time you were ever in in my little van. You know, that's the first time I've ever been in a commercial (laughs) campground. We are state park and or national park And my husband was scratching his head going, then where are you camping? (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. Yeah. And and see, I'd like to do more of that kind of camping. Mm -hmm. This hasn't bothered me one iota. Oh. I took the shower in the campground bathroom here with oh, the shower bag yesterday. You, did you? Yeah, with heated up solar bag, uh-huh. sitting in the sun all afternoon. Uh-huh. You tie it on a little uh, loop on the end. It goes on an S hook, and you pulley it up to the, the ceiling, and it hooks to the side of the shower room here. And then you just open the end and stand under that bag and shower in the camp shower here. I had not opened the door to. <laughs> I loved it. Swore that I have not seen it, that. It was great. It was great. Oh. It was a hot day. The water was perfectly warm. I felt great when I got out of it. My husband's like, I'm not going in. <laughs> but, see, that's the kind of camping I grew up with. Uh-huh. I mean, we camped. Yeah. I mean, we were pea green of our cousins who got to stay in Jellystones, you know. We were, we were never in campgrounds mm-hmm. like that. Although, there were plenty of campgrounds with actual showers in mm-hmm. them and flush yeah. toilets. But... It, we were never in the big brand mm-hmm. um, campgrounds. We camped, mm-hmm. you know. We we had no hookups in our camper. We had a tent. We cooked all our meals on fires or the mm-hmm. propane stove. It was camping. And this is a big change for me this year with the other campers. So I'm always interested in the kind of camping you're doing because you're a National Park lover. Mm-hmm. I am. And you're writing this book. I'm trying to. I, I guess if I declare it publicly, that'll give me the push to really do it. So, yes, I am oh, going to do it. And you're writing it on the rangers in, in the programs. Uh-huh. I'm picking some of what I think are the better so ones. So I want to talk about your new your new set of wheels out there. Yes. So you got rid of your travel trailer, and mm-hmm. you pulled up today. You're on your maiden voyage. <laughs> In your um, Mercedes Sprinter van mm-hmm. that you had custom made inside, we decided we had been to an RV show and had looked at the Class Bs, and we sort of thought that seemed like a good idea. Yes, it's close, and mm-hmm. no, you don't have a vehicle once you get there. If you want to unhook and go, it's all a trade-off. It's exactly it like it Stephanie is. and Jeremy say. It is a trade-off when it comes to choosing. That's right. You have to RV. decide. Mm-hmm. You do. And What's most important to you? Mm-hmm. And we we can tow the Jayco that we have that the kids camp in when we family camp or that you know we do some use sometimes. But we could tow it with that if we had to. Um, it seemed like what we wanted. Were you looking at Class Bs? Yes. I think that's where we have been 
focused. Did you look at road tracks? And mm -hmm, I did. I looked at the prices of road tracks. Okay, so <laughs> I love what you did to get around mm -hmm. that road track price. Mm -hmm. Share with everybody what you and your husband decided to do. Okay. Because there's many people who could do this. Oh, yes. And originally I had thought we find a large cargo van, DIY it ourselves. Husband didn't really like that part of the plan. Mm -hmm. He is pretty busy. And I think he knew he would not have time. So we ended up finding this van. It's brand new, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. It is. A 2016 or 17? Mm -hmm. Mercedes Sprinter mm -hmm. with all blackout windows. Yes. Mm -hmm. You look like Beyonce might have been in there when you went by. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to sneak up on anybody when you pull into a parking it's lot. It's very tall. It's very tall. It's mm -hmm. almost 10 feet tall. Okay. From the outside, carrying so the air conditioner. You bought it completely empty. It was a cargo steel inside van. It absolutely thing. looks like it was custom made by a master builder mm -hmm. inside. So tell us how you accomplished that. Our friend Sheldon does houseboats, uh, small yachts, and he took this on, and we can't thank him enough because <laughs> it has been a headache for him. I know it, but I'm sure he is proud of it, too, because it has turned out very well. It's he and stunning. his crew have done such a good job. And um, She had, like, beautiful walnut cabinetry around the whole thing. He did a good job. And that bathroom, mm -hmm. it's a wet bath. It's a it's, wet bath, just like yours. Mm -hmm. It's very pretty mm -hmm. inside, and I think it's quite roomy. I I have not checked it out since mm -hmm. this is my maiden voyage, and we you know, had a little problem with the engine. But, um, yeah, I think it will be okay because mm -hmm. I don't have to have the top of the line or anything like that. Yeah. Just but I don't know that, 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 that looks well, like <laughs> totally top of the line it to me. It does, but you know, we did we bought some of the appliances ourselves just by yeah. shopping around. And you didn't buy and a van with every bell and whistle we in did it not. too. We did Even not. though that looks mm -mm. so sleek and gorgeous mm -mm. and it is a Mercedes, mm -hmm. you didn't buy the van with the heated seats nope. and the built in uh, GPS mm -mm. and backup cameras and mm -hmm. you got a stripped down van. Mm -hmm. And it's just, um, you feel a little bit like your FedEx or UPS guy sitting up yeah. there on the seat. Yeah. But it is okay because I think, um, you know, as you get older and mm -hmm. you've done things in your house that you think yeah. you had to have at the time, then 18 months later you find out, I don't even really use that. And there's so <laughs> many bells and whistles that... I know, and I can't think really of how many don't. times you spend something on your house and then you look at it three years later and you think... <laughs> I'd rather have the 5,000. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. As we get older, really? we Why did I have to upgrade smarter. those countertops? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that would have been a hell of a vacation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, it is really true. I think that, that, that kind of wisdom comes with age, mm -hmm. though. You I know. Do. And, and I think you and I have reached a point in our lives, in our stage of life, in which that kind of stuff just doesn't matter. Mm -mm. When I was raising my kids and we were very in the thick of it, entertaining spaces and things f felt important it to did. me. And it now did. I could care less. Exactly. And I, I, I can't exactly. invest time or energy in anything like that. And But I, I think mm -hmm. that's sort of how it goes. I think we were pretty normal. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And um, so now... What are your future travel plans, Mary? Mm. You Is your husband going to step away from work and travel with you? I think he will in this. Okay. I think he will. 
and he because you've made uh, him quite comfortable. Yes, <laughs> and the bed is just fine. Every, just everything you need really right. is there. We did all electric, didn't do any propane. If we need to propane, we will cook outside on right. a little Coleman stove. Yes. My mother used to cook on, on what we did mm -hmm. with vacations on the back of the station wagon. I think, oh, yeah. I don't know if I told you this one time, but uh, when we would travel on our little vacations, especially before the business started that my, my mm -hmm. mom and dad did in the mid-60s, we would um, always stop and have supper and breakfast on the back of the station wagon. <laughs> we were tailgating. Sounds familiar. We were. You know, the, the kids, you know, we kids, yeah. we called it fun. They called it a budget. Yeah. The, That's the Coleman cooler with mm -hmm. the Kool-Aid. When mm -hmm. my mother used to put saccharin tablets in the Kool-Aid, those Kool-Aid packets, the powdered yeah. Kool-Aid, uh -huh. two cherries in there, and some kid would have the job of counting out ten saccharin tablets really? and shake that cooler. <laughs> disgusting it really was but aren't those the things that yeah. the memories are that yeah. old station wagon with the mattress in the back of it we oh thought absolutely we were, we... Oh, my, my brother wrote the cutest poem mm. about it that he read at my dad's 80th birthday and we all laughed so hard thinking about somebody we were always driving off and leaving that coleman jug on the picnic <laughs> table if my parents could be 20 miles down there they'd turn around and get it yeah, exactly. That was that generation. Our generation say we'll get a new one at exactly. the Walmart. Oh, well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they would turn around and get it. Yeah, we were so lucky to have yeah. that generation as our parents. I know. And it's sad every time one of them passes. It is. It is You sad. know what? I, you know, I call my camper the St. George because oh, my, my dad was the patron saint of my camping. And my sister Natalie calls her trailer Georgie. Oh. And uh, we miss him so much. We miss him so much. I can even say that now without choking up. I finally I got to that point. But I feel now like I was left with such a gift, mm -hmm. you know, from the parents I had mm -hmm. and the family I grew up in. And, you know, try to pass that on to my own children. And um, and, and in many ways, my kids are very unspoiled, too. But, um, you know, it's it's just a different generation. It you is. Know? Mary, I want to talk to you for a minute about solo women traveling. So you and I were talking about this. So there's two kinds of solo women traveling. So many people think what we girls are doing here is solo women traveling because we're all women here. And this was a Mr. Tr Sister trip, and there's a couple of husbands on board here. But when all of us girls get together and camp, many people think, there, it's solo women travel, mm -hmm. women only. But then there's another solo women travel you and I talk about all the time, and that is just getting on the road by yourself. Mm -hmm. And you did a little of it this summer, getting mm -hmm. down to the Smokies. I did. And do you have any future plans for some solo travel? I probably will just because um, my sister and cousin are a little bit more busy than I am. And I think it really does enhance that personal growth. I am mm -hmm. absolutely positive. I tell my kids that the big difference I see is that the people I'm listening to podcast-wise or mm -hmm. reading books of, they're the generation underneath me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't care how much we think that we know so much more than mm -hmm. our children's generation. They still yeah. have so much to offer. They are working smart. They're working right. 
um, they've got so much to offer. And I think they're less materialistic than they we were. Are I agree. I got married mm-hmm. in the early '80s when everything was get ahead, big house, big, 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 and and everybody mm-hmm. was doing it. And I think my husband and I got swept into it without even really thinking mm-hmm. about it. I agree. I think the younger generation makes much more conscious choices. Mm-hmm. They're more into the experiences, mm-hmm. and that's what maybe we're doing now with girl camping, solo camping, yeah. solo travel. It's a little bit more of just having more time to think because you do think when you're by yourself. And I think that's the benefit of the solo women travel. And you and I were sharing when when I my truck broke down a few weeks ago when I got stuck for three days. I don't even want to say stuck because I really, I was sad about missing the Buckeye Bash mm-hmm. and I had my cheeseburger in paradise had already, but <laughs> <laughs> I completely enjoyed that three days all by myself in the mm-hmm. campground. You do. You get to know yourself a little bit better. Yeah. And, you know, at our ages, I'm a little bit older than you are, but we feel like we Not pretty much. much know ourselves. Yeah. But it, we really don't sometimes. We yeah. really, when we are by ourselves, and one, I think it sort of keeps you a little bit on the edge. Mm-hmm. You're on, you're using your A game. You know, yeah. you're watching. You're looking. Yeah. You're making sure you don't stumble over a curb. Right. You're, There's no one there to... Right. You're taking an extra set of keys. You're just a little bit more mindful. And I think that is very important. It's a good thing. It's very productive. It is. Right. And now when you're traveling alone, is that what you're doing? Are are you more conscious of all of those things? And what's another benefit of the traveling alone? Um, Well, it wasn't anything new because after I retired, if my husband needed a small part delivered to Cleveland Mm -hmm. or someplace, I can easily make that trip. Not a problem. And I would just um, still be on my A game, but I I love those missions. I, you know, mm-hmm. We've talked about my clan mm-hmm. is a little bit mission-oriented, and we like to go. So you're not a stopper. You're not a journey mm, person. Really. You want to get where you're going? I think that's our clan. My travel tribe would probably agree with mm-hmm. that for the most part. Yeah, so you're not pulling over along the way when you see a brown sign that says Fort something or other? Not usually. No, you want to get where you're going. Mm -hmm. You have a plan when you get there. We've usually got a pretty good destination and pretty good plan for what we're going to do when we get Mm -hmm. there. And the farther away it is, the more we are, we're on the program. Mm -hmm. So if you're traveling by yourself then, would you be going when you're finishing your book... Do you have certain parks in mind that you want to go to and programs that you want to research when you get there? Shenandoah is on my list simply because mm-hmm. we were on the Skyline Drive as kids. Mm-hmm. And you always want to go back mm-hmm. to that space. Maybe you should break it down regionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are places. Yeah. The Shenandoah is yeah, there. It's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, yeah. The Skyline Drive. You know, We always took part of that with our parents because we would... Dad would all, we didn't know it at the time, but Dad was wanting to make a little bit of a leg down into Kentucky to see his parents. Yeah. Or his grandparents. Do a loop around and make sure he hits hits some family before Mm -hmm. they head home. Yep. So, well, Mary. We were drawn to the mountains. Mary, you are a mountain girl. And (laughs) not only do you, I enjoy camping with you because. You you remember things you learn. That's because when we're when we're hiking and we're talking, you're a fount of information, and that's so great. It's the mm. teacher in you, I guess. 
And Gail's yeah. like that too. It's been wonderful here this weekend. She's been calling great. the owls yes. with Gail yes. and, and doing all these things. And I enjoy She's camping with you because you have taught us all so much. Well, nothing compared to what we are learning from you. Oh gosh! <laughs> Honestly, I've got to say it, Janine. I don't. Uh, I don't know if you realize it, but you have been an impact. In fact, you're not going to like it when I say this. Oh no! But I was thinking of just people outside of your own family, people that mm -hmm. you feel like have had, have had an impact. And I think about my PE teacher, Mrs. Young uh, from Utah, who yeah. came to Olytic, Indiana. Her husband was working on his master's at IU, and she was working. Mm -hmm. you know, she came to our school, and she made little dancers out of all of us little uh. country gal, <laughs> county girls. And, you know, I was thinking the two people that come to mind, Janine Pettit. Vicky oh gosh! <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I'm honest. Oh, I, I wouldn't tell kind. you that unless you're too kind, else, Mary. You know, it it really does. I just uh, this has been, it's as we said at the beginning, it's tough stepping over that line that's out of your comfort zone. But every time you come out of right. that comfort zone, you learn so much about yourself. And you know what I love about the podcast listeners? I'm I'm on the journey with you, and it, it's so exciting for me. Like. You inspire me because I want to get to a place where I'm not afraid to travel all by myself. Mm -hmm. Now, I will stay overnight someplace on my way to mm -hmm. a girl camper trip mm -hmm. in a gated KOA because mm -hmm. that's the deal with my husband. Right. <laughs> like, he does not want me in a Walmart parking lot, and, right. and I don't want right. to do that either. Me but either. And so if I can't find a gated mm -hmm. um, campground that he's comfortable with, I have to stay in a hotel with a ride-up elevator, no outside motels. Right. That's just the deal. But That's... I am hoping to get to a place where I can travel, you know, a week or 10 days mm -hmm. all by myself. I imagine getting mm -hmm. to a place where I can finish some writing assignments, like at a beautiful campground, mm -hmm. and that I'm not anxious because I'm separated mm -hmm. from people. I, I would mm -hmm. like that experience mm -hmm. of, you know, really, listen, mm -hmm. I've got four adult kids who live in my house. <laughs> I have two of my own, and both of my f children have friends who live with us <laughs> and, and call me mom. <laughs> so, oh, how nice. it, it is wonderful. I, yes. I love them all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything. I am a blessed woman. But I also feel like when I see you, I think, could I decompress enough from my everyday life to be away without anxiety about what everybody's doing and, you know, mm -hmm. And how everybody's, you know, to separate my, they're adults. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've got to get to a place in my own mind where I can go, come mm -hmm. on, Janine, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's that time in life. It's not mm -hmm. your job to make sure adults get to work, right. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's or, what we do. And, and, and they do, they get out every day, but I want to get to a place where I can just travel and really be fully relaxed mm -hmm. about it. You know, and I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not in that place. Yeah. I can't do that yet. I, I get anxious about where I am and how mm -hmm. many days I'm gone. And, you know, I just, uh, not there yet. I feel that too, though. When I'm gone, I always, and I, I've been this way for years, I always feel like I do have to get back. Yeah, I do because, too. Because, you know, there's people that probably need you. Right. And, you know, the solo camping, it wouldn't be what I'd want to do all the time, but for three or four days just to go someplace where I know my surroundings so well. And I think I told you this earlier, too, that in a national park where you're trying to, you know, want to read or write, it's hard to be alone. The lady beside me brought over cookies, you know, and invited me right. to hike. The guy beside me 
moved my firewood because he thought somebody was going to take it while oh. I was out on the early morning <laughs> ride. And it's uh, the yeah. National Park people. Yes. They're just among the best. Yeah. Well, we're going to, I'm going to have you back another day, Mary, because you've got some solo trips coming up and that's a whole nother mm-hmm. subject I would like to explore. It, it seems like something a lot of women would like to try to do. And a lot of women write to me about mm-hmm. that. And that's a place I haven't, I haven't gotten to that right mm-hmm. place in my head yet. And, but I'm watching you do it and I'm watching other people do it. It's, I'm not as brave as what people think think I am, especially when I come here or when I listen to your podcast and listen to the ladies who have just had a life-changing experience yes. with widowhood or any yes. other sickness or other, and they're going out and buying a camper. Yeah, that's brave. That is yeah. That is brave. And well, I think you people, said something earlier before we went before we went on air and that, mm-hmm. that you're comfortable solo camping alone in the Smokies because you mm-hmm. know it so well. I know it so well. And when I was mm-hmm. stuck in Pennsylvania a few weeks ago... I felt like I was in my strike zone. I knew where mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't uncomfortable. I quite enjoyed it. But to be in another region of the country where the whole environment physically and temperature-wise and everything is so different from what you're used to, that's that's, that's another thing. It is. Just when I had my car trouble and was up in Youngstown right. for the day and a half. That was different because I don't know where I'm at up there. I hadn't yeah. done any planning. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. And it is yeah. different. So you had car trouble and you broke down and you ended up in a hotel overnight mm-hmm. on your way here. Yeah. I uh, got With here. your brand new Sprinter. Yeah, I, I checked <laughs> in on Thursday and uh, wanted to get here early, get set up yeah. and, you know, explore around. And then thought I better take that up to have the engine light checked. And yeah. And you ended up eating the part. Yeah, I know. But you handled it. But I did have water, electricity, Wi-Fi, yeah. air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> so you were good. Yeah. Well, Mary, it's thank you. Good. And I'm going to have you back, and we're going to talk about that whole solo women travel thing. Okay. Not solo with our group, but mm-hmm. all alone. Yep. That's a that's a goal. Mm-hmm. Hashtag goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Mary, thanks for coming on and sharing. I can't. I love so, following you know, your adventures. I am to be on here. As I told you before, <laughs> I might be even just a little bit more excited to be on here than what Mr. RVFTA was. <laughs> it's possible. I don't know. Uh, Jer- Maybe. Jeremy is always looking for a reason to be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could be on any time. He's got stories to tell. He's got. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. But, but my husband has told me that Jeremy can't be on again until he's on again. <laughs> exactly. They're keeping score. He is. He said, Jeremy, you can't have Jeremy on again until I'm on again <laughs> it's been great i appreciate uh, this so mary much. thank you so much it's i'm so glad we got Thanks, to catch great. up here haven't thank seen you. you since black waterfalls even though we've been chatting yeah okay been great take care thank happy you happy trails oh you too i'm following you, thank you. <laughs> okay <laughs> bye-bye I would like to thank my sponsors, Progressive Insurance and Go Little Guy Worldwide. Don't forget about our next meetup, which is Southland RV in Norcross, Georgia, Friday, October 21st, 5 o'clock. We'll probably go to 8 or 9 p.m. because Chris will be there talking. Anyone is welcome to come to that, and you needn't sign up. If you would like to send me an email, that would be great, but it's not necessary. If at the last minute you just see, you know what, I think I can make this, just show up. We won't turn you away. 
I would also like to thank my guest, Mary Parsons. Mary, you are so dear, and I enjoy camping with you and hearing all of your stories. And you have more stories to tell, so we're going to be hearing from Mary again, because <laughs> she's a girl on a mission. I'd also like to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, for always putting this show together. Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie and her husband, Jeremy, can be heard every Friday on RV Family Travel Atlas podcast and every Wednesday on Campground of the Week, two of the shows in the three-show series, RV Family Travel Atlas Podcast Network. Please remember our Tents for Troops program. If you can get over and make some kind of donation, we'd like to see those veterans have that time off and those active duty men too. Also, I would ask you that if you cannot make a donation or even if you can, please to share that on Facebook so we can get that word out there. I'll be back next week. Happy trails, everyone.